one of the greatest lessons I learned on my journeys was that we are all the same. Now, what do I mean by that? Because clearly we have differences. You know, some people have brown hair, some people are religious, some people are not, et cetera, et cetera. But at base, at the base of our humanity, we are the same. We want to be heard. We want to be loved. We want to be seen. Mm -hmm. We are the same. What's up? And welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. Oh man, oh man, oh man. This episode is one for the books. It is one for the books, you guys. It is one for the books. I don't know. I feel like we're on a roll here. I feel like I've hit the like, I don't even know what I want to call it, like the sweet spot in this podcast. You know what? I'm like, what is it like at this point when this podcast comes out, I think we'll be nearing 150 episodes. Wow, that's insanity. Um, But I really think, I don't know, we've, as of late turned some kind of corner where I feel like, I don't know, the episodes just have been getting better and better and they feel so grounded in, in truth. And so, I don't know, it's always been grounded in truth, but I I don't know how to quite put my finger on it, but they just feel, I don't know, like somehow the podcast has hit its stride, if you will, you know, that feeling when you're like doing something and, and it's the repetition over and over again. And then you finally get to this place where you're like, Oh, we're here. We've arrived. And this episode really feels like, oh, we're here, we've arrived. And they've been feeling that way for some time now. Anyways, I have Leon Logafetis on the podcast today, you guys. He is the author of the brand new book, Go Be Brave. Um, And he has a number one show on Netflix and Discovery Plus called The Kindness Diaries. So today's episode is about bravery. It is about kindness. It is about um, living a whole life, if you will. It is about getting to the end of our days. I think it's in in essence what this entire podcast is about, uh, how to reach the end of your days and look back and, and see and feel something that you feel like inspired by that you feel like, yes, I did it. I did it on purpose. I lived my life my way and I did it on purpose with purpose how to live your life on purpose with purpose. And that's that's the point of this podcast. Um, wow. Uh, it is such a good episode. I will just stop talking about how great it is and let you listen to it. So let's get into it. Here we go. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast. I am your host, Victoria Brown. And today I have Leon Logopedis on the podcast. I am so honored and so excited to have this conversation with you. If you're not familiar with who Leon is, he is the author of the brand new book, Go Be Brave. So that is kind of an underlying theme here. We will talk a lot about bravery today. He's the creator of the number one hit show on Netflix slash uh, Discovery, uh, the Discovery Plus network um, called The Kindness Diaries, which we will also chat a lot about kindness today. Um, And you are a guy who's devoted your life to kindness and bravery, and you teach how bravery is the number one tool to uh, achieving success in your life. So I'm so excited to welcome you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So I guess, you know, a lot of times with these, these, uh, interviews and, and with the podcast, I like to begin at uh, the beginning. So I'd love to talk about your life. Um, you know, how you found 
you know, the creation of this show that was, you know, such a, a, a hit. Um, but you kind of lived the life that was on the show prior on your own. Um, but there were a couple of events uh, in your life that led you to, you know, this journey that you're on or you've been on for, you know, most of all of your life. Uh, so I'd love to talk about, you know, you as a kid, how you grew up and and what kind of led you to where you are today. Sure, sure. So, so as a kid, I actually felt pretty alone. Um, I was depressed. I mean, I didn't really know what the word depression meant, right? I had a lot of anxiety. Um, and I, I was also bullied. I was not a very positive start, but it is the truth. Um, and um, I, I had a moment when I was 15 years old, when I um, the bullying got so bad, and I'd never actually told anyone about what was going on. Um, and I had this teacher who would always come up to me and look me in the eyes and say, I believe in you. And I never forgot that. I never, it, it, it was, it was just a profound moment for me that kind of is still with me today because she witnessed my pain. Um, and meeting her inspired me at 15 years old to go to my mother and to tell her what was going on and to tell her about the pain and the bullying. And it, it kind of started a chain reaction. Uh, because it was the first moment in my life where I'd spoken my truth. It was the first moment in my life when I'd actually told someone what was going on. And she ended up moving me out of out of the school into a different school, which was, I went actually from an English school to an American school. Um, and the American school was, was better. Um, and I never forgot those moments. And that's really, people sometimes say to me, well, how on earth did you create the kindness diaries? Like what inspired you to create the kindness diaries? Well, the truth is that that moment inspired me, the moment of being bullied, the moment of having my mother turn up and turn up for me, the moment of having this teacher say to me, I believe in you, was really the catalyst that was the spark. Um, it, of course, the kind of stories happened maybe a decade and a half later, but actually it was nearly two decades later, but it started the process. Uh, I ended up being a broker in the city of London. Um, and on the outside, it seemed that I had everything, but on the inside, I didn't really have much meaning, although I'd left that school, I was still struggling with depression. I was still struggling with anxiety. Um, and that voice within of the teacher saying, I believe in you never left me, but I never found a way to actually live magnificently until I saw the movie, the motorcycle diaries, which is a romanticized version of Che Guevara traveling around South America, relying on kindness. Um, and it just touched my life in such a beautiful and profound way. Uh, to cut a long story short, I quit my job uh, and I started to travel around the world relying on kindness. And I did quite a few crazy things. I hitchhiked from Times Square to the Hollywood sign with $5 a day. I hitchhiked from the Eiffel Tower to Red Square in Moscow with five euros a day. I drove from London to Mongolia. I went all around England on five pounds a day. Um, and I ended up kind of making a career out of it. But I moved to Los Angeles and I spent seven or eight years in Los Angeles kind of doing the wrong things, let's say. LA can kind of swallow you up a little bit. And I found myself again depressed, anxious, et cetera, et cetera. But everything changed one day when I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard. I saw this chap, this homeless chap with a sign that said, kindness is the best medicine. And something just shifted inside me. So I realized that I was not living the right way. So I decided yet again, as you do, to quit my job again. And this time I purchased a vintage yellow motorbike, called it Kindness One, sort of like Air Force One, 
but a little bit yellower. And I drove it from Los Angeles all the way around Earth back to Los Angeles. And that's the kindness diaries. But there was a little bit of a twist this time. This time I'd have no money, no food, no gas, no place to stay, nothing. I couldn't accept money. And ultimately, unsuspecting Good Samaritans would receive a life-changing gift. And that's kind of how the Kindness Diaries was born. I then did another season of that where I went from Alaska to Argentina in a 50-year-old yellow beetle called Kindness 2. And then COVID happened. And when COVID happened, I couldn't travel, obviously. And I spent a lot of time by myself, kind of just thinking about life and watching Netflix. Um, and it was in that moment during COVID that I came up with the idea for the book, Go Be Brave, because I realized to myself, how did I end up being the kindness guy? How did I end up circumnavigating the world? How did I end up going from Alaska to Argentina? And many people say, oh, Liam, it was really brave to do that. But the truth is that the bravery began when I spoke my truth at 15 years old. And then continued until I was 28 when I quit my job. And then continued when I quit my job again. Bravery is speaking your truth. Bravery is sharing your pain. Bravery is standing in your power. So when I came up with that realization, I realized how closely linked my adventures around the world were actually because of what happened when I was a kid and because of my continued desire to speak my truth. That's it. That's a short, well, that was quite long, a long version of why I am sitting here today on your lovely podcast. <laughs> um, it's such an incredible story. Um, and I think so many people can relate. Um, but the bravery is definitely the key piece. I think so many people find themselves in jobs that they hate, in relationships that they hate. Uh, they find themselves trapped in a deep web of stress, anxiety, depression, um, and they don't know how to quit their job and just escape it all and 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 dive into kindness or bravery. Um, it, and it's an it's an incredible feat what you've done. It really truly is. And there's so much to unpack there. Um, I think, like I said, the biggest piece being bravery, right? So bravery looks different for for everyone. For you, bravery was, you know, walk, you know, going around the world and 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 teaching people kindness and bravery. And so that's different for everybody. But how do we welcome bravery into our lives? How do we step into this brave version of ourselves? And that feels like that could be an entire episode in and of itself. Um, how do we become brave? Well, look, my definition of bravery is ultimately the speaking of truth, our truth, mm -hmm. being vulnerable. You know, let's say you're an alcoholic and you've never told anyone, finding someone safe and telling them. Let's say you uh, are in a job you don't want to be in, finding someone safe, telling them and finding a way not to be in that job anymore. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not brave to go to war. Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's not brave to save a kid from a burning building. But the truest act of bravery is to remind ourselves of our humanity, mm. to remind ourselves of what it feels like to actually truly be human, not what it feels like to be, to be on Instagram, not what it feels like to be on Twitter, not what it feels like to kind of turn on the news. That takes us away from our humanity, right? So I would say that part of my philosophy when it comes to bravery, is that it's an internal job. 
It is an internal place of understanding who you are, why you do things, what you're going to do with your life, and ultimately how to become magnificent. So the book is called Go Be Brave, but it probably should have been called Go Be Magnificent because we become magnificent by being brave, speaking our truth, being courageous, taking action. I wasn't very good at math when I was a kid, but lately in the book, I create a, um, an equation. It's called the bravery equation, which is bravery plus courage equals a magnificent life. That's really what the book's about. You're not going to become magnificent unless you truly live from your heart, from your place of vulnerability, from your place of truth. And you can't do that if you're consumed by Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, news, madness, chaos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So calm down, slow down, face yourself, and magnificence will come. And I, I think that magnificence is what we are all reaching for, aiming for. I think every single one of us, and the reason that we ever feel less than is, is because we all want at the end of our days to look back and to think I lived my life. I did things. I saw things. I met people. I experienced, you know, every end of the spectrum of emotion. And, and, and I think that's, that's truly what it is. And, and it's about, I would say, you know, really understanding that piece in that part of ourselves that we get caught, we get so caught up in the day to day, we get so caught up in everything else that's going on around us and all of these things that we place this heavy importance on. But sometimes that the things that we place this heavy importance on are just things that might be, you know, maybe a big deal today to us. But it, it, when it's all said and done, I think it's constantly connecting to that part of yourself of, does this matter in my final day? And that's, to me, how I would, you know, I define that magnificence is why it's the importance behind why we do or why, why we should place this, this, this really grave importance upon bravery and courage and putting these two things together, because it's that end of days moment when you get there and you reach the end, it's like, did I live a life that I deem worth living? Did I take each day and really value it and 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 make people around me feel loved and appreciated and did i you know speak to strangers you know and make them feel loved and appreciated because at the end of the day like that is the stuff that makes us feel whole like that's the the stuff you know that's the real stuff so that's why i really love what you do so so much because i try on a personal note to really live my life in that way. Like I, I really genuinely passionately try to live my life that way. And that's a beautiful thing because yeah. as you said, you don't want to be 113 years old and look back at your life and be like, Oh, well, I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd spoken my truth or I wish I'd told this person this, or I wish I hadn't been married to someone for 94 years or whatever it is. I'm making numbers up. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So in your journeys, um, traveling around the world, what's, uh, what was the biggest kind of aha moment or light bulb? I know you set out on this journey for one reason, right? But was there anything along the way that you, the big thing you learned that you didn't expect to learn in your travels? Uh, absolutely. And, 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 and the book is, is based around kind of reminding ourselves of our humanity, reminding ourselves of how to be human. 
And people could be listening and be like, oh, what are you talking about? I know I'm human. Okay, all right. Well, maybe go out into nature, sit there for three hours, and maybe your definition of knowing whether you're human or not will change, yeah? Because you'll be more connected. So one of the greatest lessons I learned on my journeys was that we are all the same. Now, what do I mean by that? Because clearly we have differences. You know, some people have brown hair, some people are religious, some people are not, et cetera, et cetera. But at base, at the base of our humanity, we are the same. We want to be heard. We want to be loved. We want to be seen. Mm -hmm. We are the same. And I learned this lesson in such a beautiful way. I was in India and I was sleeping in, in the some really poor areas of India. I spent a couple of days there and a lot of poverty. On the outside, you would be like, oh, uh, you would, it's just a lot. But on the inside, there's so much love. And I spent the night there, two nights, and I woke up in the morning and I saw this mother give her two kids a kiss goodbye before they went off to school. And in that moment, I realized that her love for her kids is exactly the same as our love for our kids. We are the same. Maybe on the outside, she looked very different. She was certainly living in an, in an environment that I would rather not be living in, right? But at base, she was the same as us. We are the same as her. There is no difference. And that was a profound lesson and kind of was part of the inspiration to, to, to write the book because I wanted people to realize that it's a cliche to say we are one, but I wanted people to realize that if they get in touch with their humanity, they remind themselves of their humanness they can live their life from a different place. Yeah, that's really powerful. Reminding yourself of your humanness. Um, but at our core, we are all the same. The feelings we have are quite the same. Emotions and love for humans. And I don't know, I guess it's about always working backwards because we forget all these things. Just working backwards to to know and and get in, get back in touch with sometimes when we feel lost, you know, what the the real meaning behind all of it is, you know? Um, so what is your bravery muscle and how can we strengthen it? Well, the bravery muscle is pretty simple, but sometimes hard to do. You start, and I'm kind of repeating myself, but it's, it's, it's the way it is. You start by living from your truth. You start by speaking your truth. Within the book, there's 24 and three quarter adventures. And the way that I do it is it's like an experiential journey. You get to go in and experience bravery. You get to feel your own bravery. Maya Angelou once said that people don't remember what you say to them. They remember how you make them feel. Mm -hmm. So the way to start your bravery muscle is to do the truth diary. This is one of the adventures. It's called the truth diary. You go to a shop, you buy a journal. You call it the truth diary and you start speaking your truth. No one needs to know what your truth is to start with, right? You just write in this journal and you say about all the things that you love, all the things that you hate, the people you love, the people you hate, the experiences you've had that are good, the experiences you've had that are bad, what you're thinking, your truth. And from that place, it is like you are taking a seed of truth and you are planting it. And then it is up to you to slowly, slowly start watering that seed. And starting to water that seed ultimately leads, ultimately leads to a grand, big, old oak tree. But if you don't plant the seed of truth in your own soul, 
and prove to yourself that you can speak the truth. Whatever the truth is, your truth is different to mine, as you said earlier, you know, but that's how it started. And maybe, just maybe, when you've done that truth diary, you'll find the courage to share the truth with someone else, right? And that's what I'm saying. You start watering it until it becomes your life. And don't get me wrong. I started watering the, the, the I started the seed, let's say, when I was 15. I'm 46. It's not like it happened overnight, but you keep watering it. But the first step is to speak truth to yourself and to speak truth to other people who are safe. And one day you'll start living from that place and the magnificent life that you've always wanted, I promise you will come. I promise you. But it starts there. It starts with that kernel of truth. It starts, like I said, with the alcoholic turning around and, and saying to himself, hmm, maybe I have a problem. And he writes that or she writes that in her truth diary. And then she goes to her partner. And again, I'm making this up, right? And she goes to her partner and she says, darling, I think I may be an alcoholic. And the partner says, really? I've known this for 20 years. No, I'm kidding. But my, my, my point is that it all starts from that one place of, of, of accepting that you have to speak truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that's... Yeah, because I think, yeah, we hold on to it and we, we're in denial. Yes, and it's not easy. I don't want anyone to think, oh, the Englishman is just saying it's so easy. You know, I just turn around and write it in my journal and then share it with someone and then I live a magnificent life. No, it's not easy. It's difficult. It's difficult to live like that. But you asked me how to do it. And, you know, I'm suggesting that's how you do it. But it's not easy because if it were easy, it's easy, there would be no book. I think it's a great it's a great starting point. Yes. And what happens from making those two brave choices by having the conversation with yourself about what it is that you want to work on and and recognizing the truth and where you're at. And then by having that, opening that conversation up with someone else. um, I think those are just the two, the two first steps. And so that's what you're giving people is the, the first two steps. And then from there, the other steps begin to reveal themselves they begin to to show you you know yes and and things reveal themselves to you once you start opening up to life right right? Right. whatever it is that reveals itself can't reveal itself if you're living behind a wall which you've created around you know social media your the job you don't like etc etc yeah so you said in the book um there's 24 adventures to become brave. Uh, can you share just one of those adventures and how also you came up with these adventures? I can, I can. So one of the adventures is called Get Mad. Now, what do I mean by get mad? What I mean by get mad is get angry. And you may be thinking to yourself, oh, Leon, what are you doing? Don't tell people to get angry. Who knows what they're going to do? I'm not talking about getting angry and harming people. I'm not talking about getting angry and harming yourself. I'm simply talking about getting mad and letting your rage and your anger out safely. Safely. Because if you don't let it out safely, what's going to happen? It's going to come out in an unsafe way. You're going to harm people. You're going to harm yourself. So get mad. Ways to do that. Run a bath. And in the bath, Lower yourself inside the bath completely, so your head's under the bath, and just start screaming under the bath. Let the rage out. Let it out. Go into a shower. Do the same thing. 
get a get a get a journal, go into your truth diary and start writing letters to people, but never send them. I've done that so many times. Dear so and so, pages and pages of my rage. And then I never I never send it. Don't ever send that letter, but the rage comes out. The anger comes out. Get mad safely. Get mad because if you don't, it will consume you and you will end up doing something that you're not proud of because your rage will take over. Your anger will take over. So that's one of them. Get mad. Get mad. Amen. To get mad. I was thinking about it though, too. It's so interesting. Like, you know, I had had, this is an example of how I get mad, but I, you know, you channel it. Right. So it's like, I had a text message from someone that came through last night that pissed me off. It pissed me off. It made me upset. It made me angry. It made me hurt. It made me feel a lot of things. And I said, okay, I'm not going to respond to this right now. I realized like I just got home from a vacation. I'm trying to decompress. I just went to the grocery store after I got home. I dealt with, I had to go to the Apple store and deal with a whole bunch of things and get a new phone. All of this happened after my flight land. You know how it is spending time at the Apple store is, is hell and always takes longer than expected. And then had to go to the grocery store. And then I got home and then I had dinner and then I was trying to decompress with my partner and just like from this trip. Um, and there was so much. And I was like, I don't, want to feel these emotions right now. I want to decompress from this trip. I want to enjoy my time with my partner. I want to have dinner. I want to unpack my groceries. I want to set myself up for the next day. I don't have time for this. So I just took a beat on it and didn't respond. And then today it just so happened that my, I had therapy at noon. So then I unleashed all of my anger at therapy around this text message and how it made me feel. And then after I unleashed the anger, and worked through it. It's like, you know, you have to find your outlet to unleash the anger, right? So either you write it in the kind your 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 um your diary, uh your journal, or you scream in the bathtub or at the shower, or you yell at your therapist, not your therapist, not yell at your therapist, <laughs> but you let it out in therapy. Yeah. You know, you give yourself this moment, this way to release the anger, the the channel, the ave- avenue, if you will. And then as a result to letting out all of that anger, then I chose differently. And what that was, was I called my friend instead of responding to the text message, which you don't understand the context to all of the time. And I called this person and then I, you know, had a discussion around things. And then I said, Hey, by the way, this didn't make me feel great. This person said, yeah, you know, actually I realized after I sent it, that that probably wouldn't have been construed the way that I actually meant it, blah, 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 blah. And then this person said, I really appreciate you calling me to talk about this. And I really appreciate you know, X, Y, Z. And it was a lovely conversation and we moved on instead of responding in anger in the moment and being like, how dare you say that to me? This makes, you know, and being angry at the person I dealt with it internally, spoke with someone else about it externally, and then had a very calm, cool, collected conversation with this person and it never escalated. So it's like, you know, and clearly you've been reading go be brave because (laughs) you know how to get mad safely. Right. Yes. And the importance of doing so, because then it didn't put a strain on the relationship with that I have with this person, which was so lovely to not have that extra layer of strain and deal with it in an adult way. You know, but it, it takes a lot of I think it's it's a lot of growth and maturity uh, to to set up these avenues for yourself to set up these ways of dealing with the anger. 
So I think that's where, where it really comes from. Um, next question I have for you as we've unpacked that, which I thought was really important and necessary, um, is, is it truly better to give than receive? Mm, That's a great question. Look, for me, kindness, and that's kind of giving, let's say kindness is a win-win. If I give kindness to you, I receive something in return. I feel good. So kindness is a win-win. So is it better to give than to receive? I believe it is. But it's also nice to receive. You don't necessarily give to receive, but even if you give without wanting to receive anything in return, you ultimately do receive something in return because the act of giving makes one feel good. Make sense? Right. I think for a lot of people, it's more difficult to give or sorry, to receive. My apologies. I think for a lot of people, it's more difficult. It's more of a challenge to receive. You have to almost open up your heart space in a way to receive. Um, And that's hard for people. So I don't know. Truly better to give than receive? Yes. Is it more challenging to receive than to give? Sometimes, yes. Yes, and, and one of the yeah, one no, I get it. One of the adventures in the book is about living from the heart. Is about opening your heart, mm-hmm. um, because when we live from our heart, things shift. I know that's an intellectual way of saying it, but uh, when I give speeches, I get I put on some really powerful music, and I get people to hold their 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 hands next to their chest, and I tell them to think or to feel what it is that they truly want. What is it that you truly, truly want? And I can sense the energy in the room shifting because it goes from intellect energy to heart energy. And the greats, the Yoganandas of the world, the Gandhis of the world, have mastered living from the heart, the mind and from the heart. And mm-hmm. when we live from the heart, we live a different way. It's just like a different consciousness. It's a different energy. So one of the really important points I have about about being brave is to do everything in your power to live from the heart. And if if people are thinking to themselves, oh, what the hell is he talking about? How the hell do I do that? Well, I'll tell you how you do it. You put on a song that touches your soul. You put it on repeat for 30 minutes. And you sit there holding your 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 both your hands to your heart. And I promise you, at the end of the 30 minutes, you will be in a different state of consciousness than you were at the beginning. And if you could live like that, and it's not easy. I'm not saying I do it all the time. I clearly am not doing that. But it's a different way to be. It's a way of living that changes the direction of life. It really does. And it's not easy. But the greats do it, and they do it more often than we do it. And some people never do it. And they're the ones that may look back at their lives at 112 and be like, oh no, what, what was that? Oh no, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> that actually makes me, that made me giggle. Um, Cause it's true. They're like, oh, what was that thing that life just happened? And, and, and I didn't do anything. I didn't, you know, give, I didn't feel, I didn't, you know, I think that's so right. true. And I think um, you could, even just when you just said it just now, I envisioned myself having my hand on my heart and the having that feeling and it, it all it immediately shifts 
even just thinking about putting your hand on your heart, not even doing it, just thinking about it and asking yourself, like, what do you truly want? It does. It immediately shifts you into a different headspace, a different mindset, a different feeling uh, kind of uh, comes to the surface. So it's interesting, this idea of stepping into this version of yourself. Uh, Because, you know, I think it's true what you said. Like, you're like, I don't, you know, even, you know, we don't get it right all the time. Nobody does, you know? And it's the more often we can step into this, this heart-centered version of ourselves, um, a, the easier it gets and B, the better life gets, uh, if we can figure out, but it takes practice, you know, and, and I'm a, I'm big on meditation, but you know, it's, it's, and what I say to people when I teach meditation all the time is it's not meditation. Perfect. It's meditation practice, you know, it's your practice. And so it's like anything else in life. We just get better at it. The more we do do it, the more we step into that heart centered version of ourselves, the more we take time to close our eyes and put our hand on our heart space and just connect to that version of ourselves and get out of our head space and into our heart space, uh, the better life becomes, the better we are, the better we can show up for other people. So it's always this, this incredible domino effect, I think, that happens by just connecting with yourself. Yes, reconnecting to our humanity. Right. It sounds simple, but it's not so simple. Right. Because of everything that kind of bombards us. Yeah. And most of us are not even aware that we're not connected to our humanity. Right. And I, for many years, was not aware of that. Yeah. Even you. Even me. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, it's why I have, I've been working at SoulCycle for 11 years. 11 years I've been working there. And it's the reason why still today I love my job is because I believe in my whole heart that that I can help guide people in that 45 minute class to get out of their head and into their bodies and their heart space and connect. And that in turn can help people shift the way that they enter the rest of their day. And it's the reason why I'm still there 11 years later, because I, I know that I get to channel that for people. I get to help people kind of step into that, that, that frame of, heart space, if you will, I was going to say frame of mind, but frame of heart space. Um, I don't know. So you can do it in so many different ways, you know, definitely so many different ways. Um, yeah, there's so many other questions I feel like I could ask you, but I don't want to take up too much of your time today. Um, I think it's really incredibly important, uh, what you're doing. Uh, and I hope that anyone who's never seen the show, the kindness diaries will watch it. And I hope that anyone out there will go buy your book that comes out on April 25th, uh, go be brave so that we can each dive into this braver version of ourselves and see how it can affect, uh, everything that we do. And, you know, so many people have had I mean, you spoke so many times in this podcast about aha moments that you had, you know, your teacher telling you to be brave. Um, Your mom was a catalyst in this by saying to you when you came to her, like, I thought, thank God your mom listened to you. Thank God your mother was like, you know, a lot of, you know, didn't say, okay, well, that's your experience. Like, keep going, keep fighting, keep, you know, tell, stand up to those, those bullies. Right. which could have been her, her response. And instead she took your, your words for face value and, and said, okay, well, let's do something about it. And there's change to be had here and we'll make it. It was a profound moment. I'm very appreciative of it. Yeah. I mean, that for me is like, you know, I'm not a parent yet, but I think about, 
my time when I do, you know, when, when that comes to light in my life and I become a parent, you know, it, it's that your words and your mother's actions feel in this moment, like an aha moment to me, because I feel like there is a piece and a part of me that would maybe look at my child and say, okay, well, what can you say to them? How can you stand up to them? What can you do about it? How can you be brave in this moment to, to fight these bullies? Um, <clears throat> but it's not always about standing up to the difficulty in our lives. Sometimes it's about making a change and pivoting and putting yourself in a different environment. And you know? that's, that's true bravery too. It is. Sometimes you've got to just, you know, change something. Right. And I think that's really important to any of the parents out there listening. Um, I don't know. It doesn't, you know, it's how we began this podcast by saying bravery doesn't look, doesn't look the same for every scenario and every situation. It's not copy paste. You know, it looks different always, but so many aha moments. So I hope, you know, the people listening today found some aha moments for themselves throughout this conversation. And so the last uh, question that I will leave you with today is what is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self? To never, never, never give up. And he didn't. And that's why I'm here. Beautiful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. And uh, thanks so much for being on. No worries. Thanks so much for having me. That is a wrap on today's episode with Leon Logafidis. Um, man, I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, I, I mean, I knew before I started, just given what he does, you know, what he's done with his life, I knew I was going to love the episode, but I truly, uh, I truly did. He lived up to all the hype that I had in my mind about how great it would be. So definitely go out and purchase his book, Go Be Brave. Follow him on Instagram. He is at the kindness guy. Um, what a great handle, the kindness guy. I love it. Follow us at very best self. Follow me at Victoria Brown. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, I think that's a wrap for today. I hope there were so many moments that you took away. Um, to live a more heart-centered life and to really activate that peace and that part of yourself that, you know, wants to live life to the fullest. And that's what it's all about, right? It's what it's all about. Um, give us five stars, subscribe. If nothing else, please share this episode with someone you love. I would love nothing more than to see this podcast grow. Um, so yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. And I will see you guys soon. See you next week. Bye.